so 16, you're you're playing football in high school, and you already had your sights on NFL. My situation was a little bit different. The average NFL player uh, lifespan is 3.7 years. Yeah. So, you know, in the beginning, I was just trying to make five years to beat the average. Mm -hmm. And then I got to 10. What, what led you to the world of insurance? You know, insurance is, you know, it's viewed very differently by... Um, a lot of different people, mm -hmm. but it's, it just provides financial security. Hello, all you beautiful people. Welcome back to Talkin' St. Pete. I'm your host, Ryan Bogdan. And before we dive into today's awesome guest, I want to let you know that this episode is sponsored by Bogdan Homes and our newest sponsor, Moore's Resource Insurance. So let's talk about them for a second. Are you looking for an insurance uh, coverage that's unique to the Sunshine City itself? Look no further. Moore's Resource Insurance is a trusted partner right here in St. Petersburg. They offer more carriers and more market options than any other agency in Tampa Bay. Uh, as a multi-line agency, they provide comprehensive commercial and personal line coverage uh, to meet your your needs in the world world word of insurance a tongue twister this morning uh, if you have insurance in the name they cover it home auto boat yacht renters life business workers compensation you name it uh, and the best part they have a five-star rating on all the places that you could leave a review on the internet with over 16 years of dedicated service they have been delivering exceptional customer service uh, if you're looking to get a free quote check out www.davidmoreinsurance.com and that is a great introduction to our guests here today. We have the CEO and president of Moore's Resource Insurance and former NFL player, Dave Moore. Welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, we're, we're super excited about this. I mean, we I'm trying to think, what direction do we even start with? Um, first, welcome. Thank you. Appreciate you. Everything that you've done uh, for the area and, and the Tampa Bay Bucks back in back in your time when you were you're playing and still hosting uh, the radio show. So uh, we're, we're, we're grateful to have you here. Well, I, I Appreciate the opportunity to come and talk to you. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, let's just make sure that this is good, so these awesome people can hear you. Yeah. Um, so before we we dive into NFL, because I know a lot of people listening are going to want to know about that. Um, what were you like when you were sixteen years old? <laughs> <laughs> I was ex exactly the same height I am now. Uh, probably close to the same weight I am now, but obviously uh, I was working playing football. Mm -hmm. Actually, I was working at Pizza Hut as okay. a kid. Um, 16, I was probably a sophomore in high school. Mm -hmm. um, but at, at that point is when I started working to play in college in the NFL. So it's funny you picked that age because that was really when, you know, you start thinking about where you want to be, what you want to do. And uh, well, not everyone, but you did. NFL. Yes. Okay, so 16. I'm, I, I, I don't even know why I started with that question, <laughs> but it just felt like a fun place to go. So 16, you're, you're playing football in high school, and you already had your sights on NFL. It was at that point. I played basketball, baseball, and football. Mm -hmm. Played soccer before that. I was just a guy, whatever sport was in season, I was playing. Yeah. Um, but at that point is when I knew I wasn't going to be tall enough to go play basketball anywhere and baseball – it was too slow for mm, me. Right. Um, so I knew football was going to be, and, and really that was the driving force to go to college because at that point I really didn't have interest to in go into college um, except to play a sport. So that's really where I started to concentrate on the football thing. And our high school team was pretty good. Nice. So at that point I just kind of, you know, focused on that. And then you ended up going to Pittsburgh, correct? Yeah, so I went to the University of Pittsburgh. I played there. 
Um, and then I got drafted by the Miami Dolphins and then wound up in Tampa in November of 1992. So is that what brought you here to the local area? Yes. Is I had it... Honestly, I grew up in New Jersey. Yeah. I had no interest in moving to Florida, yeah. for sure. I had some buddies that did. Um, but, you know, obviously I got drafted to Miami. I spent Hurricane Andrew in Miami. That was my first year. <laughs> Welcome and to then, Miami. And then when they signed Keith Jackson, I might have been the – first casualty of free agency because Keith Jackson was the very first free agent mm -hmm. and he signed with the Miami Dolphins and then I got let go and came up to Tampa. And I mean, then you spent a good bit of time uh, with the Buccaneers, uh, 92 to 2001. Um, and, so, then and you fell in love with the area. Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so I played here for 10 years mm -hmm. and I went and played in Buffalo for two and then came back for three more. So I played a total of 15 altogether. Um, but you know, once... I got here, I was like, you know, I'm not going back to New Jersey. <laughs> not going uh, back. My kids are born and raised here, so we just kind of made it home. And even when I played in Buffalo, we only stayed up there for the football season. And after the new year, they came back and picked up school here. Yeah, I don't blame so, you. Being here for 10 years and then going to Buffalo, I'm sure that was, was a little... like going from Cuba to Canada. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was, it was cold. Freezing. You forgot how cold cold is. Right, right. So, you get get spoiled staying yeah. down here. Okay, well, that's great. So um, I, I want to get into business, but let's talk more about the, the your NFL career there. I mean, what what you had your sights set on it at a young age, so it's cool that we, we started there. You, you get picked up. I mean, what was that transition like, going from college to the NFL? I, I mean, it was the biggest difference is the speed mm. of the game in general. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, in, in high school, every once in a while you play against a, a good player or two. Mm -hmm. And in college, everybody's good. But when you get to the NFL, it's like the best of the best from every team. So you, there's no time to react. You have to anticipate everything. Um, it all happens so fast. Mm -hmm. So a lot of guys have trouble from college to the pros because of just everything happens so much faster. Right. So it, it takes some time to get used to that. And, uh, you know, once you get it figured out and learn exactly um, and understand what teams are trying to do, I mean, it's, it's really just a chess match, mm. you know, except the problem is your pieces aren't always doing what you're asking them to do from a <laughs> coaching standpoint, you know. Yeah, right. But, but honestly, it's um, – you know, I got to the point at the end of my career, I played tight. I played fullback for a year under Sam Weish. Played H-back with uh, Tony Dungy, with Mike Shule as the offense coordinator. And then I was more of a traditional tight end. And at the end of my career, um, I long snapped a little bit. Um, but I was at the point at the end of my career that I can get to the line of scrimmage, get my stance, and by where guys were lined up and what they were doing, I can tell you – where the coverage was good, what the coverage was going to be, where I could be open um, if I was running a pass route, or I can, you know, figure out who I was trying to beat before the ball was even snapped. Yeah. So that's the kind of things that you, you got to be able to learn to, to stay, you know, and be able to play for a long period of time. Well, and you did. You had 200 plus consecutive games. I saw that. So that's, and it, so you must have had a, what was your routine like in terms of taking care of your body to be able to, to do that, not uh, take any yeah, injuries? Yeah, it was, uh, well, the older you get, the, obviously, as a young guy, you play the game Sunday and by Tuesday, you know, the soreness is gone and mm -hmm. you're ready to go. When you're in your 12th to 15th year, it's it's more like Thursday, <laughs> the soreness goes away. Right. So, you know, I'd have to get in the hot tub and on a treadmill to warm up, to go warm up to practice mm. at the end. So, but that's a, you, the age thing is, you know, you just got to spend a lot more time in the cold tub and 
Yeah, so ice, a lot of, lot of, lot of ice. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you take a beat. Oh, yeah. I've had 15, 16 surgeries, a few broken bones, concussions, collapsed lung. I've had a lot of stuff wow. over the years. Wow. And, you, and were those surgeries and everything during your, your career, but you, and you, you didn't miss that many games? Right. They yeah. were in the off-season. So okay. a lot of them yeah. were got arthroscopic. It. Got it. It's, uh, you know, meniscus, um, spurs, stuff like that. I had a neck surgery um, in an off-season. But, I mean, nothing. It wasn't. A, they're yeah. more clean-out, right. maintenance-type surgeries. Yeah. Well, in the game, the rules have changed you know, some with some of the hits, but, but when you were playing, I mean, there was, it was a little more ruthless, I feel like in terms of what they were calling. Yeah. Well, they could lead with their head and the, yeah. the concussion thing was, a uh, you know, obviously I think if I played now, I probably, um, you know, wouldn't have nearly as many as I had, but, um, but it needed to be because that's the thing, you know, obviously when you go run around and you pound every day, you know, you know you're going to wind up with arthritis and new hips and knees. And mm-hmm. the problem is the concussion thing. You have no idea what the long-term effects are going to be, and it affects everybody differently. So right. it's, it's a tough one to anticipate what's going to happen. So that's why as they learn more with the, you know, CTE stuff yep. and um, they're trying to be more careful. They've re-engineered all the helmets are completely different now. The rules yeah. are different. I mean, the game in general is different. Yeah. Well, how did the game change? Did you see it change in the years that you were there? Was well, it- my first year playing, uh, there was no free agency yet, mm-hmm. right? That didn't come around until 93. So there were players that actually had jobs and businesses they ran in the off offseason. Um, just because, you know, I, th- I think, you know, the average salary at that time was, you know, 150000 or something. Right. It wasn't anything significant. I think... Dan Marino was the highest paid player in the league at a million dollars a year. You know, now yeah, you have yeah, quarterbacks yeah. making $40 million a year. Right. So it, it was just different. And that time in camp when you'd come in for the four weeks was literally to get guys in shape to be able to play. You know, now, you know, because of the money and the competition, you know, there is real no, really no offseason. I mean, they end, they take about four weeks off, and they get right back into working out, conditioning, you know, they have dietitians, they have, you know, nutritionists, they have chiropractors that travel and physical therapy guys. Like we showed up, we had yeah. one trainer and, you know, you were eating a, a double cheeseburger on the way <laughs> to the game. You know? right. so way different. Completely way, different. Way different. I actually had a, in Miami, I showed up and I had an ashtray in my locker. Really? There was actually some guys at that time that still smoked and played. Wow. Talk about some very the, famous guys too. I'm not gonna uh, yeah. call them out, but right? I, I, that's that's actually pretty funny. It is that that, that, that how time has changed in medical right. research and everything else of, of what we learned how to optimize the body. And so uh, imagine how like the game's probably even faster now because guys are faster. Right, and then, I mean, you know, I get on a team playing, and the defensive backs are as big as I was, and I was a tight end. So right. now the tight ends are they all look like basketball players. They're right. six, 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 seven. So yes, it's changed. Guys are bigger, faster, stronger. That's that's pretty cool. It's really cool that you're you're still involved. So how has that been? How was that transition for you? And I know that that rolls into then you're starting your business in 07. Um, did you have your your eyes or insights on that as you were getting out? Did you know that you were going to go into to business of some kind or? Yeah, well, um, it, it's a little bit. My situation was a little bit different. The average NFL player 
uh, lifespan is 3.7 years. Yeah. So, you know, in the beginning, I was just trying to make five years to beat the average. Mm -hmm. And then I got to 10, you know. So, obviously, you don't get faster and feel better as you get older, right? So, as I got uh, in excess of 10 years and I really started thinking about, you know, what I was going to do afterwards – like I said, I played before free agency started, mm. so the money is nothing like what, what, the what, money today, right. obviously. So I knew, you know, I was going to get into something else. Mm -hmm. So, And it's very difficult to do that while you're playing because, you know, the offseason, you still have to work out, you still have to do things. So you can't – so most players would invest. So say you had a great idea and, you know, the players were the money guys to do that. And, you know, I saw case after case where the business failed or they got ripped off or – something happened where it just wasn't, you know, as lucrative as they were hoping it was going to be. Yep. So I knew that it was going to have to be something that I was going to have to be involved in uh, day to day. So I did Mike Allstop myself um, and another guy um, got into a restaurant and it's still there, the Island Way Grill in Clearwater Beach. We opened that in 2001. Awesome. And we got into it because of Frank Chavis and what he's been able to do with Salt Rock and all of his restaurants. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like a normal player where you take a likeness of an athlete and then mm -hmm. try to sell food with it. We did, we got in just because of him, not mm -hmm. because of us, right. you know. Um, but outside of that, you know, I knew that I was going to need to do something else. So I did, when I was getting ready to retire, I had the opportunity to do the radio for the game broadcast with Gene Deckerhoff. So when I retired in the same press conference, they announced me as the radio analyst for the Bucks. But again, you know, I wasn't sure how, you know, long that was going to last or if it was going to be something that I enjoyed. So right before I finished playing is when I started really thinking about what type of business I was going to get in. It, which leads me to the, what what led you to the world of insurance? I mean, of all things, coming from right. of uh, you know NFL career and and now Dave is selling insurance. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's funny because I uh, you know I get asked that question more than I any bet other, I bet you know because yeah. you go NFL. To well, now you can just play this clip back. Pure right? excitement, life of insurance, right? right? right. Um, but I, a friend of mine that I had met before I finished, um, he owned what they call a PEO which is basically a payroll company that has a master workers' comp policy. Mm -hmm. And it, at that time, the workers' comp rates were really high. This was, you know, 2005. Um, and um, contractors, it was very difficult, like roofers, tree trimmers, guys, you know, all the blue-collar guys. It was hard for them to get coverage because the carriers didn't want to cover them if they had three tree trimmers because it wasn't worth the premium they are going to collect for the exposure of somebody falling out of a tree. Right. So he owned that. So I kind of introduced him to, uh, you know, every blue-collar guy in America is a football fan. So I started, you know, connecting him. Yeah. And um, so I started, you know, writing some PEO business. But the same contractors are like, well, you help me with the workers' comp. Can you help me do the general liability to auto? It turns out that the same guy that owned the PEO owned an insurance agency. Mm. So I went and got my insurance license. And I wrote the insurance downstairs and the PEO uh, upstairs. And I got really busy in a very short period of time and decided to open my own agency. So I didn't invest in one. I didn't buy one. I actually started, started it from the very first policy. That's, so, uh, that's and awesome. that was in 90 or uh, 2008 is when I officially opened the agency. I started writing insurance. Um, 
really right after I retired, a few months after I retired. So it was just a matter of the right connections. That was that was really I kind of fell into doing it, and then you know you felt good about doing it because you were, you know, insurance is you know it's viewed very differently by um, a lot of different people, Mm -hmm. but it's it just provides financial security. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's it's a risk versus exposure. If you don't want to insure your house, that's fine. And that's a tangible number that you can figure out what it's going to cost you to replace it. Yep. But liability is not something that, you know, if somebody gets hurt and you're negligent, I mean, we've seen the Morgan and Morgan commercials mm-hmm. and all the other personal, you know, that's something that you don't want to be sitting there with no insurance. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you know, I tell players, players a lot of times, uh, NFL players will be like, oh, I'm not going to insure the house. I'll just write a check to build a new one. But you got to remind them about the liability portion because it's scary. So that's I enjoyed doing it. I enjoyed educating people. I went and got my CIC, which is a certified insurance counselor. It's kind of like an MBA in insurance. Mm-hmm. You know, people would meet with me because I played football. But if I didn't know what the heck I was talking about, they would shake my hand, pat me on the back, yeah, and be like, it. "It was great to meet you." Right, right. And I'd never see them again. So we we don't necessarily sell. We do more educating on you know what potentially bad could happen out there and you'd be surprised. Well, I find that that's super important and, and risk. I come from, I used to sell life insurance, disability and all that. Right. So I'm, I'm, I'm well versed in that world and understand the the pearls and the risk and all the things that can, that can come of it um, from a mitigation standpoint and the costs, right? So it is important to, to protect. Uh, and I think it's, it's a foundation to business and your personal life and everything. Uh, it's extremely important because you don't know you don't want those unexpected costs or, what things right. could be if you were to have some liability or, you know, uh, on the home front, I get people, you know, in, in Florida, we have this thing with the flood insurance, right? right? Big topic right now with the last storm that came through. Um, and, and, you know, some issues there, but at the same time, it's like, what's the risk of not having it? Right. right. You know, no, yeah, exactly. So yeah. it's the financial security when yeah. something bad happens. Yeah, it's a and peace the, of mind. What's keeping you up at night? Right. I don't want that to be something. Yeah. And the most difficult thing with that is, you know, the way the insurance market right now is, a disaster, mm-hmm. you know, because of a lot of the litigation. We had a lot of homeowners carriers back out. They changed some legislation, which will hopefully help that. Same with the auto legislation, you know, with the um, personal injury stuff. Mm-hmm. But the hurricanes, you know, obviously it's, it becomes very difficult. And when you have a big storm like Ian destroy Fort Myers and it was all flood damage. And the most you can get through the NFIP, the FEMA, is 250000 but you're in a million-dollar house or a $500,000 house. So the excess flood is so expensive. So that's when you try to explain, like, okay, you can get this through the NFIP for 250000 If you want more than that, you know, the quote's going to be 16000 for another five hundred, And they're like, I don't want it. But yet, you know, you're going to be paying that 500000 out of your pocket right. if you don't get it. And that's where it becomes difficult well like you said the education point on that and then it's just measuring people's risk tolerance on right what and are, that's it yeah, i'm okay with yeah, you know yeah. as long as you and i know at the end of the day yeah. what coverage you have and what you don't so you don't call me in the middle of the night and say this just happened and i'll be like remember we had this conversation <laughs> you don't have it remember you what know? you told me said i'm a risk taker <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay well that's great and so now you guys been humming in business you know since 08 so you're so you're making it through all you know that there was economic crash then everything right. did that affect your business at all uh no we, i actually started in 08 and that yeah. was on the heels of yeah. katrina and wilma and mm-hmm. you know uh so the the insurance market was very similar to what it is now without the housing collapse mm-hmm. um 
oh, you know, we started rolling then and I'd really not no, slow down. Yeah, yeah that, I mean, we have 25. How many employees we got, Jake, now? 25. So, I mean, you know, we've been fortunate, but again, you know, um, and we've worked hard to make sure we have all the carriers available because that's the thing. Some of the agencies, um, you know, if they primarily focus on personal lines or even ones that do commercially, the key is, you know, how many tools can I have in my tool belt? Yep. So if we have all the available carriers, if you go down a street and get a quote, it's going to be pretty much what we've already presented or have access to. So that's what we've worked hard to do to make sure that I don't have three carriers to give you one quote and you're pretty much stuck if you want to be with me with one of those. We're going to try to put you in the best spot we can. Well, that's good. I mean, that's more options are better to, you know, have. Uh, Especially in a market right now. Yeah. Because, I mean, we're getting, I got some quotes this morning that on a commercial building that the premium ranged from 8000 to 30000 for the same amount of coverage, for but it's just based on carriers and their tolerance. Mm -hmm. And their appetite and capacity, so it's, it's surprising. That's a big how, difference. No, and it's frustrating because yeah. a lot of tough conversations right now. Yeah, with all the care, I'm sure you know, and how to and educate people. What's the difference? Am I really getting the same thing at that cost? You know, right. it's that's tough. That's tough. Um, so you, your seeds are here in in St. Pete. You you got your roots deep. I know you were at, you head coach at Shorecrest there for a little bit. Was I was, it? and then I went yeah. over and coached that Jesuit nice. Shorecrest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's where. Uh, so that's how, what was that like getting into the, the coaching game of high school? Like knowing like you, you, like we said, if we bring it back, sixteen, you're in high school, you're there, and now I think you go through this whole career, and then you kind of circle back, and you're you're head coach of one of the top schools here in the area. What was that? No, like? it, it was, I mean, you know, obviously as a player, a lot of players like to do that. Yeah. You know, you like to share what you've learned and experienced at mm -hmm. the highest level, and then you know, kind of help the kids. I loved dealing with the kids. The rest of it, with the, I'll be as politically correct as I can, but dealing with the parents and all of the yeah. scheduling and, you know, but, but being able to hang out with the kids and kind of mentor them, um, I really enjoyed that a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to play at that level to kind of bring it down to be able to, you know, at that level. Yeah. Yeah. But once, once you get used to it, it's, it's great because they really responded well and, you know, it was a great experience. Yeah. Well, on a level of respect, because it's coming from top level experience and not just some guy. Who, yeah, but I found myself, you know, talking about, you know, coverages and gaps. And these guys are looking at me like, <laughs> what is he talking about? So I had to kind of, Dumb it down I learned quickly, yeah, like, yeah. I had to start, like, yeah. from step one. I just couldn't, even the lingo, right. how you right. describe well, things, I mean, completely 15 different. years in the NFL did that. Right. Yeah, that's, that's. Yeah, I played different. for 25 years altogether, yeah. so. You know, it was very different where, where <laughs> you come back to kids that have been right. playing for two, three, four, right? Yeah. Five. Uh, that's cool. So why St. Pete for you? I mean, you've watched this place transform. Uh, yes. I moved to St. Pete in 95. I'm a water guy. I'm a fisherman. Um, I had a fishing show for a year oh, after cool. I retired in 2007. Yeah. What was that like? That was actually to promote the PEO and the insurance <laughs> stuff. So... It was good. I mean, we took professional wrestlers, athletes, fishing, people that normally don't, you know, spend a lot of time fishing. fishing. Just And it was fun. It was on some sports. We did it for a, a full year. But then I got really insurance, busy in the insurance yes. and then stuff. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I spend all my free time fishing. So when I moved here and when I moved from New Jersey, um, I mean, if I wasn't 
out of water, I might as well be in a desert. It's so hot, you know. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Uh, I li lived initially in Tampa, but then when I was looking to buy a house, I bought a house in Madeira Beach in 95. Nice. And I had been there um, ever since. I think I was the only guy in the whole Bucks franchise that couldn't vote on the stadium uh, tax oh, because I lived in Pinellas County. In, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yes, I've seen, you know, even from 92 to now. I mean, I talk to yeah, my neighbors right. all the time that have seen it, like, way yeah. back. But it's very different from when I got it. Even when the kids were at Shorecrest, I would drop them off at Baywalk at the movie theater. I'm like, when you come out of here, do not move. Like, Same. we don't want you to – because that whole area was very vacant and quiet and um and now it's it's insane to go down there. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean it's transformed so much especially from the early 90s to now, right? People most people sure. I talk to it's like well, what's happened in the last 5 years, right. let alone the last 30 years, you know, that's that's pretty uh cool to think about. And so uh out of out of Madeira and your guys' office is is downtown, so now there's more traffic yeah. and all that. It's on 46th and Central, so it's it's yeah, away it's from the downtown, downtown but, but it's moving in our direction. Downtown is coming down central. It's, it has changed a lot. We've yeah. been in that particular building since 2015. And even the, you know, the whole residential community is coming our way. So, you know, in the beginning, there wouldn't be many people walking on the sidewalk, but we have people walking their dogs, running every morning and so it's, you know, it's definitely, and you've seen the apartment complexes that are whole city blocks start in the middle of downtown and mm. are bumped up to 275 now. Right. So it's it's moving in that direction. And then the beach is, you know, they're doing the whole beautification thing. They start on the beach side. So mm. they're redoing all the sidewalks and, you know, the lights and the evacuation, whatever, for the traffic lights. So they're working in that direction. Because I mean, the population is growing. I don't. Do you feel like it's going to slow down anytime soon? Uh, I wouldn't think so. It's it's a cool, you know, little community to have down there because it still has relatively that small town feel to it. Mm -hmm. You know, you go in and, and we write the insurance for several of the businesses down there, and they all know each other. There's it's pretty good. The business owners, it's a pretty tight knit community down there. So and and it's kept the little storefronts you haven't seen uh, cvs come in and put drive-throughs and mcdonald's you know if they're going to yeah. be there they have to fit into the landscape so i think from a city council standpoint and you know they're doing the right thing on growing the right way rather than having some you know high dollar uh, franchise come down and kind of change the landscape it changes the culture if that right. happens yeah sure. yeah you're 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 right that's what we talk about this all all the time but i mean the the small business community here is so tight-knit everyone knows each other i've learned that from this show i have one person oh i know this, right. and this this and this person right everyone knows everybody and it's kind of it's its own culture in itself of of community and helping and if one new business is coming in everyone's supporting it and helping launch it and get it off the ground um where if like you said if there were some franchises to come in it would really change the feel that we For have sure. yeah and it keeps, but we, I think people that are attracted to that type of thing are the ones that keep coming here and, and the city council and even the, the citizens are keeping that at bay because it's not wanted. Right. Right. Um, where do you think St. Pete's going? What do you think it looks like in the next five years from now? It's a good, at the rate is growing. If, you know, Pinellas County is, is already the most densely populated County in Florida. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's the only way to go is up. 
Right. So it's. I think the downtown is going to continue to expand west, mm-hmm. and then the beach is, you know, starting to expand that way. I mean, I like the. You know, it's very Pinellas County is very unique because you have the bay and then you have the beach. You know, they put the Sun Runner in there. Mm-hmm to take people from downtown to the beach. So it's easy, you know, it's kind of killed First Avenue North and South, you know, for me coming from the beach to get to the highway. Right, right, but, a little bit. But, you know, I, I think they're they're trying to do it the right way because it is unique. I mean, I can jump in a boat, ride around downtown, you know, go to the pier, go to Fresco's, mm-hmm. park in a boat. People from Tampa can come over. over. It makes it easy by water. And it's, you know, if you've been on the water recently, any area on a weekend that has an open beach area there's a boat you know and everybody's you know um on the water all the time Mm -hmm. so it's it's unique in that aspect but yet it has all of your typical downtown with your restaurants like downtown is so easy because you can walk everywhere you just got to find a parking spot yeah yeah once you find a parking spot you can walk pretty much anywhere for the entire day or night and not have to you know be Jumping on a bus or right. Uber. Yeah, the walkability is awesome. It's great. Yeah, and with all the parks down there and everything, yeah, it's really awesome. Like you said, it has to go up. And, you know, being in the business of real estate and people saying, well, you know, the market, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, we're in a bubble. Oh, we are in a unique place. We're in a bubble. And I say, go downtown and count the cranes. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right? Exactly. Where's the where's the growth stopping? Because there's cranes everywhere down there going and going. Um, do you guys, and you know, I, I'm not asking that for you to disclose, but do you know if things come in because of like businesses coming to you guys for insurance prior to anything happening? Do you got like inside? N- nothing crazy. S- significant. Yeah. You know, I mean, most of the building down there right now is apartments, condos, yeah, yeah, yeah. that kind of stuff. So we don't come mm-hmm. in. I mean, unless we wrote the builder's risk for it, we don't come in until the backside for got the people it. that are moving in there. Got it. Got it. Um, I'm working with some of, you know, restaurants that are signing leases and different concepts, mm-hmm. but yeah, we'll let them promote those. <laughs> so uh, what do you think St. Pete's missing? Well, it's, it's coming. I think everything is coming that I don't know there's anything glaring. Some people missing. have something. Some people don't. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, the one thing right now, but just because of the time and place in history is, you know, more affordable housing for younger professional people to come move here, mm-hmm. you know, they're having to move up towards, you know, northern Pinellas and stuff like that. But right. just, you know, and maybe with a lot of the new apartments that they're building right now coming online, it'll kind of ease the pricing because they're, they're getting to the point where it's difficult for especially coming out of college. You know, and you want those young professionals to come down and live here and they're good for the community and they can contribute whatever, you know, business type they're in, but they got to be able to afford to live down there. So, yeah, you I know, I, I agree. I agree. And that, I mean, it's and it's supply and demand, too. So the fact that the rents are that much right now is good because the demand for people coming is good. But, you know, it's also going to help when you get, you know, the, the people that are going to help grow the community in there. If my memory serves right, I the uh, I think in the new raise uh, proposal of that stadium, that eighty acres that they're doing, I think there is some affordable housing that was a part of that project. Yeah, yeah, but that's going to be years to years to come. And another so. one is they need to find a spot for a good park. There's no good downtown area without a good park because everybody's got a dog down there. Mm. They need to take them out and go right sit in the grass. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, but. And I, that might be some of, I think, some of that development for the... Some green space. The, yes. Yeah, 
Yeah, it should be Mo- good. More, we will need more because Vin- Vinoy can only handle so much. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you can't go to Vinoy without seeing somebody you know. Right. Yeah. Um, back to I was just thinking about NFL stuff. What's what's a, a a cool story that you can share or something unique that happened that you never thought would be happening to you? I don't know. Just it's a, what's a, what's a fun story from the from the NFL that you can well, share? Well, most of the questions I get asked, you know, who's the toughest guy you've played yeah, against? There you and, go. I mean, I have a, a lot of them. And I played in an era where, you know, Lawrence Taylor was playing, Mike mm-hmm, Singletary, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Reggie. Who's like, hit you the hardest? Well, <laughs> um, <laughs> there's a guy by the name of Sammy Knight. He played for the New Orleans Saints. Mm-hmm. And I was running a seam route uh, in Raymond James. And I came around the linebacker and I saw the safety in the middle, but Brad Johnson was a quarterback. So I'm thinking he's not going to throw it to me. And when I turned around, the ball was in the air and in his direction. So as I went to catch the ball, I got hit this side of my head. And the first thing to hit the ground was this side of my head, about 40 yards that way. Whoa. Um, and that he, you? Yeah, no. Yeah, it, yeah. And the, the problem is he hit me right when the ball got there. So I didn't even get to catch the ball. Right. But yeah. the, uh, one of the better stories is Reggie White, who yeah, he was – probably the best athlete um, on the field. He was a defensive lineman. Mm-hmm. But we were playing in Green Bay. He was a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers. And I went on a route, you know, for a pass, and I came back, and he's yelling and pointing at the right tackle, saying, Jesus Christ loves you, and he's going to save your soul. And I was like, and he, he was a like a pastor, you know, when he finished playing. Mm-hmm. So I just went over to tackle. I said, what'd you, what'd you do to tick him off? He goes, I cut him, and he wasn't expecting me to cut him, and he's mad. So for second down, he sacked the quarterback. Third down, he sacked the quarterback. And on fourth down, he stayed in on punt defense because we were punting and blocked the punt. So when I got fire. to the sideline, I was like, you might not want to do that again. <laughs> yeah. So he was a guy that when he wanted to come, you I don't care who you were. And there's highlight videos of, yeah. you know, as good as the Dallas Cowboys offensive line has always been, um, him just tossing some of those 330-pound offensive linemen. But he was a guy that didn't play hard all the time. But when he wanted to come, you, you weren't going to stop him. Well, you couldn't. You can't play that hard and, and make it. Like, right. Running, right. Yeah. So that's turn it on. Yeah. That's that's sure. pretty. But I did. I, mean, I got to block Lawrence Taylor. Yeah. He was at the end of his career, and you know, I just tried to stay in his way without getting him mad at me yeah, either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The the anger on the field and the the emotions that are rolling. I mean, that plays a huge factor into the game. And I'm sure, like we don't you, it's, as fans, you don't hear all the banter. I can't imagine. Oh yeah, a, a lot of guys like to talk. Some guys yeah, don't. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Get, um, but yeah, there was a lot of trash talkers oh, I bet. for sure. I bet. Get in your head a little bit, yeah. yeah. Get things stirred up. It's part of the game, right? Staying mentally tough and for sure being a good sport about it. Trying to get somebody else's head, <laughs> right? Yeah, to make them not think about what they're doing, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I wasn't that guy. I didn't want to get them mad at me. <laughs> yeah, right. Because so. you didn't want to get hit, right? right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, that that's cool. I um, when when the Bucks recently won the Super Bowl, I read that you you were able to get a ring. Is that right? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, the radio broadcast. Got, got, yeah. yeah. That's pretty cool. It, it was good. Yeah, yeah. It was great. It was uh it was a great game to call, obviously. If you're a Bucks fan, it was a great game all the way around. Right. right. Um and it was in Tampa because that was the COVID year. Mm-hmm. So we didn't travel with the team at all. We actually called, which is talk about challenging. Right. Gene Deckerhoff and I would call the games 
from Raymond James Stadium, mm-hmm. stadium when the team was playing in the NFC Championship mm-hmm. in Green Bay, oh, and yeah. I, I had to, you know, explain what was going on watching and two this, computer monitors. Yeah, not they, being there, they and would live the stream the game. And, yeah. So it was different. And then you know, during a TV timeout, you look out the window and you see the sprinklers on the grass <laughs> in Raymond James. So, but it was yeah. great because it was at home and we did call the game from. Uh, from the, the stadium, state. yeah, you know, with you made the best of it that you could with twenty thousand cardboard people in the stands mixed in with the it's, fans they allowed in, right? So, yeah, but it was yeah, what a strange it, time. It, it was very strange time, but, but it was a great experience to be able to call it. Yeah, you know? I, yeah, I mean, a great game, yeah. a great game. That's really cool. How has that uh, radio experience been for you? I mean, it, coming from being on the field and now calling the game. I mean, what a unique opportunity. Yeah, yeah, it really is great because you know when you leave the game think about we were talking about earlier you know i played and concentrated on playing at a higher level at age 16 mm-hmm. so you get all the way through and then you play 15 years where you didn't expect to play that long mm-hmm. but it's it's all you've ever done so now you're looking around like you know what am i going to do now so uh the radio opportunity was great because it kept me around the game um like I have the opportunity every still every Sunday to explain what's going on, yeah, you know, and it's not there's not a whole lot of prep other than watching a little bit of film. It's from playing, you know. Right. This, these are why yeah, things happen, good or bad, and you know, I just have to know who I'm talking about you know, with the depth charts and be able to pronunciate their names, <laughs> right. which is isn't, isn't getting any easier. No. Um, but really, it, it's great, and and for a long time there, you know, I got to still see the guys that I played with and. Later, a lot of them became coaches, and you know some of them are still around. So there's, you know, it's it's good to kind of break it up, breaks up to week two, but mm. it's it's good just to be able to stay around what you've done for so long and right. it's a big part of your do, life. Do you miss playing? Um, or I like- don't now. Um, initially, I did a little bit, but like I said, I, my situation was a little unique. Yeah, you made it. You made it. Oh, well. I did get to retire when I was ready to retire. So when I was done, I was done. But most players, even if they do play 10, you know, they're not quite done and it's not out of their system yet, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, But I was fortunate enough that I got to play to where when I was done, I was done. Yeah, that's good that you made it full circle and you you felt like it was time to hang. But it's still good to stay around it, doing the radio. I mean, even the coaching, you know. Yeah. Stay in the game. That's a part of it. For sure. Yeah. It's it's really cool. It's really cool, and and uh, your the story is unique and it's cool. How, yeah, it's, I like that you stayed in the area here and have been able to help you know the locals and the local businesses and still give back in, in a way probably that you never saw right coming um, in terms of the insurance and uh, all that, but um, still important. Still yeah, well, important. the St. Pete's always been a you know I was on the board at the All Children's for nine years mm-hmm. back from two thousand to two thousand and nine and. Um, you know, we, we do some work with St. Vincent de Paul, oh, nice. who's, who's done a great job in their, you know, their track record of getting people into permanent housing mm-hmm. is, is, you know, really been unmatched. So they're expanding more around Florida in general. Um, and then obviously, you know, helping advise some of the young business owners and homeowners and trying to navigate through the disastrous right. insurance yeah. worlds right now. Yeah. You know, a lot of tough conversations because, you know, if you're a business owner, it's it's your bottom line. That's a bottom line expense that, you know, you try to Maybe. limit if you can, but yeah. at the same time, it protects your business. So well, it exposes you if you don't. Right. Right. Could wipe sure. the whole thing out. Shifting gears a little bit to uh, food. Where do you like to eat around these this area? St. Pete, 
the beaches. The, what's your what's your go to? Well, the Island Way Grill. I got to put a plug in for that. Well, that would make sense. Yes, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Uh, Social Roost. You know, I like. That. I like it. I like that on the beach. Yeah. Uh, middle grounds is good. I'll go to Krabby's. You know, Krabby's. Yeah. I'll go by bike yeah. or boat. Yeah. You know, Krabby's on the pass. But downtown, the Social Roost is one that you know I. Like the frequent engine number nine is good for lunch. Good yeah, burgers. Good burgers. Yeah. And, uh, we have a lot of meetings then when we meet people. Yeah. That's usually yeah, where we engine go. Engine number nine. Yeah. Hawkers right is the good. There. Yeah. You know, um, I like going down to Doc Ford's, you know, yeah. uh, when we have lunch meetings and stuff. Go down there. And you, you had mentioned, so, uh, where are you? T- and, oh, Krabby's by boat. I was going to say, what's your place to go by boat? But that's. Krabby's, Sea Dog, um, the Elks. American Legion. <laughs> no, I haven't been to them recently. Uh, yeah, but yeah. The quickest and easiest right around the corner in John's Pass. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. It's always uh, fun to hear where people like to go. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, there's we, so we, many new places. Yeah, they're downtown. popping up so fast. That's why we all. I mean, yeah. we keep a list of, of all this, all the spots. There's plenty but, that I, I probably would really enjoy. Yeah, I spend a little more time. Yeah, in the downtown. Yeah. So what's next? What's next for you? It sounds like you got you know you got twenty five employees. At, you know things are moving. I mean, what what's what's next now? For I you? mean, we're just going to try to you know the only thing that really separates insurance agencies, other than what I was talking about earlier with the carriers they have mm-hmm. access to, um, is is just customer service. So we you know we concentrate on that. You know, everybody that's renewing, we try to look at it ahead of time to, you know, see if there's something better for them. Right. You know, when I first started, one of the most common statements I would get from people is my agent worked hard to write this policy three years ago, and I haven't heard from them since. I just get the bill in the mail. So we try to proactively keep an eye out to make sure that they're, you know, where they should be because the market does change. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think eventually we'd, we'd like to get another location over in Tampa. We've looked at that before. Um, we do write a lot of the business stuff over there. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, just across the bridge seems forever away for them. You well, know, well, so. it, well, I was just going to say it's true. Yeah. It's true. Something about that bridge. I mean, we had across it today. We have a, a property going live over there and it's like, man, this is just different. This, the Tampa people will come to St. Pete, but St. Pete doesn't like right. to go to Tampa. Right. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why that is. Yeah. The cultures are different. They are, yeah. for sure. It's just a different feel. Definitely, yeah. Between, you know, a little more free, relaxed, and Tampa's just city. Right. That's how I look at that. And then they have their little... You know, Soho and their yeah, little well, South yeah, Tampa yeah, clicks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so. I wasn't going to go there, but you did. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. Um, if people want to find you, what's the best way? Uh, DaveMoreInsurance.com. And we are on 46th and Central. Yep. So if you're on that Central Avenue corridor, you're going to pass us. Stop on in. Stop if you on got, in. If you got any insurance questions, these are your guys. DaveMoreInsurance.com. They they will they will help you out if they've made it this far, Dave. They're still listening with us because people's attention spans are this long. So we like to applaud those that are still here with us. Uh, What if if they're going to leave a comment below? What should be the one word that they leave? Um, enjoyable. Enjoyable. I like that. If you're still with us, enjoyable mom. I know you're still watching. Thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> uh, comment enjoyable. Dave, uh, more resource insurance. Check them out. Uh, they're they're awesome. These guys are great. They're going to give you great customer service. And do uh, wonderful things. If it has insurance in the name, it doesn't matter what it is. Call. Give these guys a call. Dave, we appreciate you. Thanks for being Thanks here. For it was a pleasure. Enjoyed it. Boom. That was awesome. good. Yeah. Cover. I knew we were jumping around. That's how my brain works.
Oh, I'm, yeah, keep people. In I'm the ADD as so. 